What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 12. As always, I'm James Fairchild. I'm going with my full name today, Aaron Pena. <laughs> I'm Jared Scott. Oh, and I'm Estella Ramos. Welcome back, Estella. Hi. We really enjoy having you on with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you're off work today. Appreciate you being here. Oh. Yeah. Welcome, fiance. Oh, thanks, babe. Oh, God. I'm okay, so Joseph King couldn't make it tonight, and so Estella was nice enough to join us and, and fill in. We miss seats. you, Joseph. Appreciate you and those people. The other Fourth of July taking care of all those burns and everything from everybody. And, I heard the crazy siren, drunk ass. I heard the sirens go off all damn night. So and the dogs barked all damn you know, night too. I mean, I know they were busy. We're so. letting right. people Amarillo let freedom ring that night. It was crazy. We went to um, my my wife's brother's house and his wife's house um, north of town. Uh, they kind of moved out towards. Timber Creek and just looking back over Amarillo I mean it was yeah you could definitely see the area that was Hodgetown but so many people were shooting off fireworks in in city limits it didn't matter which neighborhood no no it happened everywhere no and as it should be I understand they're illegal in Amarillo in city limits and stuff like that but people are gonna do what people are gonna do yeah and I understand I especially understand like county bans you know, you don't want somebody sitting out in the middle of somebody else's field doing stupid stuff and, and an accident happen and, you know, you have a, a fire because right. of it. We've been blessed with a little bit of rain recently, but for the most part, it's been pretty dry, especially this past Ooh. week. Still now, drought worthy. Now it's fucking hot. It is yeah, hot, it is. hot. You know what else is dry? My Facebook feed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that segues into, but wow. um, yeah. So the first topic that we're going to talk about in this week's flavor of the week is the fact that it seems like every every single week, on some kind of social media that I'm attached to, somebody is selling something, whether it's from Amway or Avon or someone started a new Herbalife thing. And I, so that's and that's one of the reasons that I'm happy that Estella was on with us today because she is an excellent person to critique the MLMs. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, since we've been in quarantine, I've started noticing too on all our social medias, Someone is selling something, and don't get me wrong, that's fun. You know, yeah. I I buy from these these MLM, which is multi level marketing. If yeah. anybody didn't know what that means. pyramid schemes, right? pyramid schemes, <laughs> or you could call them direct sales, whatever you want. Oh, direct sales! I, mean, I like that. I've yes. never heard it mm-hmm. classified as that. Well, um, there's one that's so popular right now, and it's called paparazzi jewelry. Mm-hmm. Don't come for me. I know a lot of people that sell paparazzi jewelry. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> I have tons of it because I support my friends. Like yesterday I bought $30 worth of paparazzi jewelry and for my my girls because it was only a dollar, a dollar a piece of jewelry. Yeah. Which is not bad. Like No, no, that's excellent for you. Exactly, that's tons of jewelry exactly, for them to play yeah. with. Yeah. And then for me, it's five dollar jewelry, but plus tax. They don't compute yeah. that. No. Which is good. To it's good too. Five dollar yeah. jewelry is not bad. No. But on the other hand, it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. I was like, I looked into it, and I don't know. One day I was just like looking to the pyramid scheme. I mean, to paparazzi jewelry, and um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that picture on yeah. Aaron's computer? <laughs> okay. Aaron's got an old Borat picture. Oh He's just gosh. showing the group. Sorry, that was pretty. I just saw it. You oh, can buy it ten dollars. Since we're talking about buying, I was like, ah. Oh. That's a Borat G Street. That's a market I want to get in. <laughs> oh my gosh. On eBay, wow. But anyways, the MLM, 
The only reason why these are legal, these uh-huh. are legal schemes. And the only reason why they're not illegal because they are selling a product. Yeah. So that's why they, no one can come for them. And then these MLMs, you have to spend money to get in there. It yeah. either could start off with $50. Um, you buy a package. Like, oh, you start with your first package. You have to buy my package to be part of this um, company. Yeah. And then you got to turn and, and flip it. You, you got to recruit to flip it. other yeah. people to join. Yeah. Yes. And you get reimbursed for mm. or an extra profit. And that well, that's how original Kinda. that's how original pyramid <clears throat> schemes worked. Is like it was just a it was a it was a bake a, a foundational group of investors and they went out for other people to essentially invest in their company to recoup their investment and they went out to other people and that's essentially but so, now that they're selling products like you said so, yeah now it's legal. a quick question you know just you know like the paparazzi and you know maybe some other ones how much like what's the average price to get, actually i like, get started see okay so like i was looking into it and to get started you 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 go online you sign up and you have it's a Technically, a job. You put your social in. How crazy Whoa, is that? Wow. You put your social in so the government sees it as a job. The government sees it as you're working part time, and I think that's. I think that's. So would that count scam. as a small business based on that? Well, you're not a small business. No, I mean, but you, but but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, a, it's a part time job. It's a part time job. I, but I do, I do see a lot of people saying this is my new at home business and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that most of these people are buying these things with a 20% markdown and they're expected to sell it. Exactly. So when you look on the, I was Googling it and it, okay. So all this story. Okay. The first thing they do is buy the first box. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what's in the box. They give you a 99. There's three boxes, 99. There's a 240 box and 450. And you, you decide which one you want to spend. Yeah. Like, okay. And then you start off with your starter kit. They send you all kinds of jewelry, but you don't pick the jewelry. Some, to be honest with you, some of the jewelry is ugly. I don't like it. Oh yeah, it's ugly. It's blocky. It's huge, and you have to sell it. You have to because you spent your money on it, and Mm. and then after you buy your first box, you could go in there and pick the jewelry you want, which you're only buying it for two dollars, and then you can sell it for five, and you cannot sell it more than five because it's illegal. The thing is, you sign up under a name under a name and they get a percentage of everything you sell. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, and so then it encourages you to go out. Okay, well I need to find other people to, to sell under me. So that way I can start recouping, recouping what I'm, what I'm losing to my, my person, my connection distributor, whatever it is. It's ridiculous. It is. And not only that, it's not even, you don't even make money on selling the product. You, you make more money by, having someone sign up under your name. Yeah. So that's well, why it's a It's scheme. more of exactly. a side hustle or something to do out of enjoyment, not so much That is not to enjoyment money. to me. I'm sorry. I, right, I, but some I, people I have fun. Wouldn't you agree? Some people have fun doing it, right? They do like, Facebook Lives and I mean, things you like can that. Do face, yeah, that's how they get their product sales. Exactly. I mean, right. but... But do don't you, you think they enjoy it? I mean, sometimes at the beginning. Go, Pina. No, I was just wondering. Like, so what was probably one of the biggest scams? Like, or not scam, but one of the... These MLs. Um, Probably like that, like the pyramid scheme that was going around the beginning of the quarantine. That but, was going around too. So lo- but it was like, a perfect time to launch one of those if you're a company, right? With everybody at home. I think the worst one was Madoff, Bernie Madoff's investment scheme. That's uh, who was it? It's July 1st. It's his day. He's a baseball player, owner of the, used to play for the Mets. Oh, um, um, I'm on, I'm on. 
Oh, come Starts on. with a B. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. he and he deferred his, you know, when he retired, he deferred his salary and everything. Well, the, the owners of the Mets initially agreed to that term because they were invested in Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme, which is essentially just, you know, he was just robbing people, you know, and, oh, and, right. and extorting. I just remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the company or whatever, but their scheme was like. Enron. No, like you pay like. $2,000 and like you and your family and your immediate family, like you get these special savings from, from the direct company and everything. Like, yeah, I had know, a, I had a, uh, a neighbor. but I was like, fuck 20, like $2,000. Like I don't have that right in my yeah. fucking pocket. You know, you I, know I remember what? those. Yeah. I remember it's just a money grab. Trey. Trey was the guy that tried getting us to buy into that Ponzi, that, oh, that yes, pyramid scheme, like yes. six or seven years ago. He Which did. one was it? I don't know. Where he was, he 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 wanted us to spend like four hundred dollars or something to buy in. He's like, man, you get all these discounts on this and no. that. I'm like, man, I never use that stuff though. Right. Remember, we went. Where did we go? San Antonio. We went somewhere, and they want that guy was telling us to spend four hundred dollars. That was for a trip. An ex- that was a trip. An exclusive yeah. trip. It was like it's a, a scheme. Yeah. Oh, all those three are night, yeah. four day yeah. trip. Various locations. I think there was three you could choose from. We sit and we try to sell you some. And you have pots to go. Bands. You have to go to a seminar in order to be eligible to actually receive the, the entire trip. Yeah. So there was a there was you know fine print that you had to read and certain things you had to do to gain the full package. It yeah. just wasn't worth it. Yeah. It was a scam. You, you know, know what else was a scam? What's that? Um, people coming to your house trying to sell you the vacuums or the yeah, cleaning yeah. stuff. Hey. Yeah, hey, I bought a. Hey, Kirby. He's got a Kirby. I got a Kirby. <laughs> you got a Kirby. <laughs> that thing's badass. It's, uh, I think they do say one in out of every four people is born a sucker. They did. Fuck. No, but oh, oh man, I, I lost my train of thought. I was gonna say something about the multiple. Like, say oh, something. No, no, no. Okay, so the whole pro- the whole point behind it, a lot of people that I've seen is you know people want to make more money and stuff like that. Yeah. My thought is is like if I if I asked four hundred people. For twenty bucks, like if I bothered you every single day, like dude, just let me borrow twenty bucks. Not even borrow, just give me twenty bucks. I'm trying to reach this this thing. I'm trying to buy this thing. You're one of my friends. Would you give me twenty bucks? Would you do it? Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, would you do it, James? Probably. Yeah. yeah. If I did that to four hundred people, that's eight grand. Just asking them, hey, I want I want this thing. Would you give me twenty bucks to help me buy it? I would rather do people that. People actually con- live and make a living off of that. And I, I think mean, it's a weird. It's crazy. Yeah. Selling, selling con artists. Yeah, that's all it is. Manipulative people just trying to make a buck, and yeah. they get over on you. Yeah, you know, Herbalife was Herba Herbalife. Oh that God, was another don't big get me one. Started those were so good. Oh my God, can't wait. <laughs> the, those hey, eight dollar shakes. Did you really like those? $8 I do. Shakes? Hey, I do. I still drink but are those. They work, are they worth eight dollars? Well, you get a tea and the shake. There's, there's like what four different locations in town where you can go and get a shake. After a workout, there's only four. There's there used four. to be like thirty, yeah, or forty there's four right now. I'm about to get a t-shirt, right? You're gonna get one of those cool shakers with a freaking spring in the bottom. What the hell is that for? <laughs> so stupid. I need this to help mix it and beat it, it up. It's <laughs> like, no, you just look like an idiot. Oh yeah. All right. So moving on to the next component for flavor of the week, and that is the announcement of the next presidential candidate to be Kanye West. Weezy. Does he bark? It's like uh, like DMX. He's running for president in 2020 under a new banner what called the birthday party with oh guidance gosh. from Elon Musk, uh, who's and not an a obscure vice presidential candidate he's already chosen. 
Can you believe that? I I don't believe it. And I'm almost pretty sure that this is too late now to actually be on the ballots in enough states to win an electoral college. Mm-hmm. Which means he's either doing this just for publicity, publicity stuff, or or he's or or he's. I say publicity, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to attach anything else to it because I just don't want to try to get into the mindset that is Kanye of why he would tweet that out. What's why would you tweet that out on July 4th? I'm going to run for president. Well, cool, man, but but you're not really because you can't win. What, what? So what's the point? Was so, it a joke because, though? Maybe it, maybe it was it was meant as a joke, or he just I don't know. <laughs> I don't go, know why he's going with the birthday things. party because if they win, they can't. It's everybody's birthday. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't I don't get it. It's all a joke. That is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. It's uh, the birthday party because if we win, it's everyone's birthday, despite the fact no. that everyone has a birthday every year anyway. I feel that's much, a campaign slogan. I feel much that's the campaign stupid. slogan. I feel much stupider now. It reminds me of that scene well, from Billy he, Madison. What if he like, gave uh, out free Yeezys for everybody that voted for him? Like, what's a Yeezy? Their the, shoes. There's like four or five hundred dollars oh, shoes. His 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 Sherpa shoes. His like cloth shoes, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, he's got some on, don't you? You got some Yeezys? I got some Yeezys. Do you really have oh, some yeah. Yeezys? I think so. How much were they? I think so. <laughs> give me give me a rough estimate. Oh, I bought no, them. He bought them on the discount. I bought them for about one fifty. That's not bad. But that's I never bought. Hundred and fifty dollars shoes, right? And they've been yeah. worth it. Like they are freaking. They're comfortable. They're really comfortable. They're ugly yeah. as hell, but they're comfortable. <laughs> are they like? Are they like how the the old Nikes used to be that were just one shoe and they didn't have any laces or anything? Are they no, they kind of like that. No, no, no. They From don't. a woman's I gotta, perspective, Estella, what do you think about the, the make and model of the shoe? I think they're ugly. I wouldn't pay one hundred and fifty dollars for some ugly shoes. Thanks, I appreciate that. And you know, and that's the thing. It, <laughs> I, I'm, it's a shoe, so it's got to be mildly subjective. Dear God, these things are. I want to pay for your stupid clothes that you put on every damn week. Oh, sorry. Well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all they I see. She's on, wearing a sod poodle shirt. What have, are you doing? What's wrong with a sod poodle all shirt? All they I see on, on Snapchat. Oh my God, guys, look what I got this I, week. Okay, because <laughs> I do, I do um, a try and haul. From Sheen, and it's from China, and it takes two weeks to three weeks China. to get here. So, and it's a good website. Girls want to see that. Yeah, what is it? They so, what is it? So discover just, new outlets to buy clothes. And these clothes are only like five dollars, ten dollars an outfit, three dollars, and um, everyone wants to know. You know, are these good clothes? Is it good material? Is it a scam? And, yeah, and, yeah. and it's really good. I so they just send them to you, or I, is it something you pay for? Like, I pay for it, and then I just it's just clothes. It's just clothes, and I just do a, a review on them and Thanks. stuff. But wouldn't it be cool, guys, to have a presidential candidate with the swagger of Kanye? No. Come on. No. I Not even think, a little well, bit. No, because I think the I think the position and the and the the position of the presidency has turned into something that it should not be. Right. I mean, the president's not a not a high ranking figure. He's he's a third of something, and all he really has is control of, in my opinion, and should be, is is foreign policy, which you know we're kind of screwed with with Trump with that. Um, and you know he's the he's the leader. He's the private citizen that is in charge of the military. You know, but he he shouldn't be in charge of electing or erecting laws or anything like that. That should be the people that we vote into Congress. And, and, and be they suck to, at that. To they've tweet done tweet either. Dear God, no! Like I'm 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 I I I have some conservative values. You know, I have some progressive values as well. But that man is just does not need to tweet. Some people don't, I don't tweet for that very reason because, well, I think it's stupid. But Donald I mean, Trump's it, just. I knew it was going to eventually become a thing. 
in the yeah. Oval Office eventually because of the way social media has trended and how popular it is. Everyone has their own Twitter, their own Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. And, and Obama you know. kind of opened the door for that. He did a really good job of, of using social media to his advantage. And so, you know, Trump's the other side of that where he just uses it to his own personal volition. Yeah. But, you know, Kanye would do the same thing. I'm sure. I'm sure um, Kanye would have an unfiltered tweet constantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you have to use it. You got to use social media no matter what. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Rob, I mean, especially with the younger generation and everything. And then the older generation's getting there, learning it. It's going to be entertaining, to say the least, this year, the presidential race. I mean, if, yeah, Biden, Biden tries to send out a tweet, but it's not, it's just like a bunch of words and a um, bunch of letters. Because, <laughs> you know, like, we used to wait the next day for the newspaper, you know, hey, what's going to be on the newspaper? Yeah. yeah. I mean, those days are over with. It's, you know, it's every 15 minutes. It's, you you know, know, it's it's highlighted the, the 15 minutes of fame to the degree of now every 15 minutes. It's, well, what's the new thing? What's the flavor of the day? Well, this is very interesting news, to say the least. We'll see what happens. I don't know if he's actually going to be considered as a serious candidate. No. But who knows? Well, Crazier well, things have happened. That is true. And we have, you know, there's a third party candidate that's out right now, Joe Jorgensen, that not a lot of people talk about. I, I there's a lot a, of good ones. Yeah, I did see yeah. a funny meme about her, though. And it was, it was a picture of Trump, and it said underneath Trump, uh, not Biden. And under a picture of Biden, it said, not Trump. <laughs> and, under, and then the picture underneath Joe Jorgensen has said, not a sexual predator. <laughs> wow. We're screwed either way we go. So That is true. But you know who else is screwed? Um, these coronavirus, coronavirus Karens. That is another thing that we're constantly Jesus, seeing. Jesus, man. Not everywhere. Stella's seen a few. You've seen some, some Karens. Karens, on, it doesn't matter your so political like affiliation. COVID-19 mask police. Mask police or people that are just going aggro because, I can't believe you're telling me to wear a mask. Well, dude, if you want to shop in there and they're making you wear a mask, like nothing, put on a mask or don't go shop there. Yeah. Like, exactly, man. It's like, ice cream, make a scene, exactly. all this. Exactly. And, 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 oh, go ahead. Like, to be honest, I like wearing my mask. Why? Because I don't have to do my makeup no more. You don't have to smile at people. I don't have to smile. And I just have, the mask just covers up half of my face. So um, I don't have to do my makeup. And that's all I like. Just throw my mask on and go. There you go. There you go. So. You know, and it's not that it's like James took it. James, you took my beverage. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll go awesome. get one in a second. Yeah. No, there was one right here. Yeah, it wasn't yours. I'm not worried about it. Uh, what I am worried I about, though, is, is it, you know, and nowadays, <laughs> now, nowadays, it really, people should know if you're going to have any kind of scene, if you're going to make any kind of public spectacle, prepare to be filmed. Okay, I have another question about, we're talking about these masks. Do you think we're going to be wearing these for next year? Like 20, like a year from now? I'm would, talking about, yeah, October twenty one. 2021 because for I'm your wedding yeah i'm supposed to be getting married and i don't want to wear these for my wedding so but you gotta wear a veil oh of course and they, you know they say that it doesn't really matter what kind of covering that you put over your face right now so a veil could work you wouldn't even have to make it i don't want all of y'all wearing masks you can, either you can improvise i'm gonna wear a gas create. mask big ass gas just mask. wear a diaper over your face <laughs> that'll work <laughs> you know there's some, been some creative tactics out there yeah I don't. I don't know. I think I. I can't imagine that we would still be that by you know October of twenty twenty one that the virus would still be in a position that people would have to be wearing a mask to the limit that everyone is doing it now. But 
you know, I mean, this thing's only been around for five months, really, with us. You know, four, five months, something like that. And so I never would have thought that they would be mandating masks for schools when we go back. But it seems... It's pretty wild, isn't it? It's not a mandation. It's not mandated, but it's, it, you know, it's a guideline. How long is this going to be? Another year? <laughs> two years? <laughs> two I, years? I, there's no telling. We're is this all gonna, eager is this gonna to be know. Like, is this going to calm down after three years, you know? I, I, think, I think nothing is going to calm down. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine what anything else is going to do over the next two years but i don't see i don't see anything slowing down in pace it seems like everything is is constantly ramping up every month it's a day-to-day basis things are changing so rapidly and so quickly we don't know what the next day the next week is going to hold everything is like shifting dramatically especially within each state yeah each state man yeah you know and i miss i miss the statehood parts of it all you know california and texas were never meant to be the same state you know, I understand the need for federal guidelines and stuff like that, but I, I missed I missed a lot of I miss a lot of the independence. And maybe that's just because we're Texan. Yeah. You know, and we have that we have that history of Texas independency. Yeah. But exactly. What's going on with TikTok? What? You're on TikTok, right? I am. So have you why? so have why? you heard that, that the US is considering banning the Chinese app TikTok? Like banning it from here? Yeah, like to like where no. to where you are no longer allowed to have it on your phone. No they more. take it off of I the thought, app stores. I thought it was just banning like if you worked for like the government, like Pantex, or well, you worked uh, in the go- in the building, yeah. then that means you can't have it on your phone. And that's, but me, I'm nobody, so. Well, and I think that was the, that's the the initial reason is because it's a Chinese owned company. The CCP owns it. The Chinese uh, Communist Half Party. Half of our stuff comes from China. And then that's another problem. China. I think. <laughs> <laughs> China. China I, I, you know, I would love to see a lot more manufacturing brought back to the states. I think everybody would. But yeah, so they they have there's safety measures, and so that's why the the U.S. government there's a, like India is is banning it. Um, I think New Zealand and Australia why are looking though? into banning it because all they because they have the ability to log every single keystroke uh, and everything you do on your phone, just like the Americans app, do. Don't um, all apps do that? Most do, yeah. Oh, especially yeah. the especially our uh, federal government. I'm sorry. I was like, get, get I think it. the issue is is that our government would rather just Americans do it than China do it as uh, well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I was just saying, like, you know. <laughs> doesn't it already? And that's true. That you know, a lot of people don't even bring up that fact. My of, friend was like, I'm gonna start buying product that's not from China. But every time I go into the store, these towels came from China. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> Everything's from China. Yeah, a lot of the t- a lot of textile manufacturing, China, yeah. Taiwan, Taipei. And we outsource a lot of things too. We do. So we do. You know, and that's 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 one thing that you hear a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of athletes. You know, they talk about some of the the human rights problems that we have here in America and we have some human rights problems and violations in America but yet they still support China who you know run sweatshops and you know we we all buy iPhones I mean yeah. I think everybody here has an iPhone and facilities are run down not safe for employees getting paid very terrible. minimally yeah. I drive a Honda I drive a Toyota right I drive, I drive a Mazda we have but, a Mazda and a Kia but that's what I'm saying I mean it's it's everywhere. I mean, I'm not trying to talk down on them, you know. But all no, my all no. my clothes come Man. from China, so it, it, it is what it is. I mean, but I do think that you know that's one thing. Like a lot of our a lot of the, our pharmaceuticals come from China, and that was an issue that we had, you know, in, in March yeah. and April. The discussions that kind of tapered off of right you know, if they're if they're making all of our all of our pharmaceuticals, maybe we should have that here so that there's not a delay. Well, I don't think they're going to ban it. I think it's going to be here to stay for a while. People love it too much here in America. And if they do, they're going to 
generate some new app that's exactly identical that people are going to use and that's what we should towards. do we need to we need to Rewrite. just make the american version and of then TikTok it'll just, and call it'll it. just be america rick, just TikTok, listening rick to rock. our conversations rick rock rick rock TikTok rick rock yeah you wouldn't even have to make much changes to anything right just move one little piece over what was that Kidcock. All right, and so we are going. That's it for our flavor of the week. I think we are ready to. I don't know what that was, James. We are ready to move on <laughs> to our main topic. And James, I want you to introduce this because you were kind of the original inspiration for this. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going home. Yeah, this this scares Aaron. Tonight's we're, topic kind of scares Aaron a little bit. We're gonna dabble into um, some local true crime, and this yes. is something we want to bring to you guys periodically throughout the year. Um, Probably every, what would you say, couple months we'll do a true crime episode yeah. because there are a lot of true crime fans that listen to podcasts and we've got to be very versatile and we are versatile human beings within the four of us anyway. We have a lot of interests and today we're going to focus on a local, two local, huge notorious murders that happened here in Amarillo in, the, in 1979 and 1981 and the first one is the Johnny Frank Garrett murder yes he was accused of the murder of a catholic nun that took place on october 31st when he was 17 years old and according to the prosecution garrett raped strangled and killed a 76 year old nun living in the saint francis convent and this story is a story that's been told a lot in my lifetime because i lived in that area of northeast amarillo and as a child, me and my buddies would always ride our bikes to the convent. And at that time, they had Alamo High School, Catholic High School. And we would try to pretty much break in. And we did that, you know, just doing to have kid fun. Stuff. Yeah, doing kid stuff, uh, being rebellious and whatnot. But the story when we were kids was that a nun, was, uh, a nun hung herself in the basement of the convent which that's the story I, would, I had always known and always heard. But as I got older, I started to know the facts. And there was a documentary made about the Johnny Frank Garrett story. It's a very sad story, very unfortunate for this young man, because I do believe that he was innocent. He was not guilty of this horrific crime. And but there is also a, a movie that was made post the documentary. And... Scott, you watched that a couple days ago. What did you think of it? I thought it was a great movie. Um, you know, I mean, it's it. I, what was crazy is that I'd, I'd heard the story of, of Johnny Frank Garrett, and so I kind of knew a little bit about it. I certainly didn't know all the facts of the case or anything like that. But um, it was actually my wife who's not very interested in scary movies whatsoever, but she she grew up, you know, a few blocks from this as well. You know, you, you guys were both, you, you grew up together kind of in the same neighborhoods and stuff. Right. Um, and her, her grandma at the time even lived near the convent. And so that was a, a scare apparently that their families had back in the day. But yeah, we watched this movie and it was, it's a, it's a thriller. It's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a horror movie. There's some supernatural connotations to it. And, uh, cause you know, there was the curse that Johnny Frank Garrett had, um, had put on the people that were responsible for finding or for convicting him, you know, cause he, he held his innocence to the last day. He did. Right. And it was, man, I, after seeing the movie, you know, I texted James and I was like, hey, you had always talked about this. Let's do this this week. He told me that I had to watch the documentary first. And then he swore he, he cussed at me because I didn't watch the documentary first. <laughs> but I watched uh, that and it's, I mean, it, it was really hard to watch it and not take away and think that they just 
they needed a fall guy for it because they didn't have a clue who did it and they landed on this kid. That's really what it seemed like. It's interesting. Even, even Pope John Paul II was involved in stopping the um, eventual death of execution. Johnny Frank. Yeah, the, the execution, execution yeah. of Johnny Frank Garrett, which was interesting. There's a lot of people involved to kind of halt the whole process of him being executed. But unfortunately, he was executed. And for a crime that I believe he did not commit. So there's tons of details to this this whole story. If you really want to know in depth outside of the podcast, watch the documentary. It's called, uh, I think it's Johnny Frank Garrett's Last Word documentary on YouTube. And there's several different versions of it. And it's all free, so it's, it's easy to access and check out. The murder happened on Halloween night. What was it, 1981? Um, at the St. Francis Con- uh, Convent in Amarillo, Texas. Um, and Sister Tadea Benz. Um, was the Catholic nun who was brutally murdered, um, sexually assaulted, and and I think she was I think she was mutilated as well. And there was, um, you know, in the, in the initial investigation, there was some traces of blood found. There was a slit, I think, in the um, in the outside. Uh, what is it that covers up a window? There's a window blank. screen. Window screen. There was a slit in the window screen that they assumed that that's where the killer got in from. Um, and one of the things, in fact, the only physical evidence that truly put um, Johnny Frank Garrett there was fingerprints. And that was something that he had even he had testified and he had said to, and even some of the nuns had, um, had given statements about but not testified to, was that he, he was around there constantly doing odd jobs and helping them move furniture. And so obviously his fingerprints would have been in there. Yeah, a few days before he had elaborated during the the trial that he was in the actual convent helping them move furniture in and, and whatnot. And that's his explanation to why there would be his fingerprints all over the place. But, you know, legally he was considered mentally impaired because he had an IQ under 70. And that's one thing that, you know, and, 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 and we, you know, James used mentally impaired because, but the, the words they used to describe him, in 1981 were mentally retarded. I mean, they, that was one of the things that they, they almost used to chastise him in the news and in the media was calling him mentally retarded, which, you know, we as educators know that if you have an IQ under 70, that, that doesn't in no way qualifies you to be mentally retarded. No, especially some of the, the, that last letter, which we'll get to, um, the letter that he wrote, um, his last few nights in prison before he was executed was clearly written by someone that was, at least somewhat able to have, you know, high cognitive thinking, whether or not, you know, an IQ test is 70, that really doesn't say a whole, whole lot about that, but no, it, it, it's important to mention that there were two other suspects in this murder who were arrested and eventually released due that, to lack of evidence. However, those two gentlemen come up later in the story to be a vital parts of, who really did this? Because there was a there was a report that was given out that had a description of a male that was walking around the grounds of the convent that night. And Johnny Frank Garrett didn't match that description at all. And so that was the original reason, right, that they brought in the there was there was like nine individuals I think that they brought in um that that fit that description and and yet johnny frank garrett was you know it's really it's really interesting and and, and without providing context directly related to the documentary and some of the some of the statements made it really it really seemed like they were just 
they wanted it to be over to kind of to kind of quash the string of gruesome crimes and murders that were going on. Right, because the there was there was another elderly woman who was killed in the neighborhood in the same way, in the same you know within a couple blocks from the actual convent. So there was unrest already in Amarillo in 1981 and even before with the J. Kelly Pinkerton murder, which we'll get to that later. However, at this time, you know, you said someone in your family was a police officer here in Amarillo. Yeah. My dad, he was a, he was a police officer and actually worked. um, I mean, he worked in a couple of areas, but he worked on the boulevard in the eighties. I think he was a cop from 1980 to like 1986. Um, You know, and he, he during the eighties in Amarillo were just different, especially, you know, on the Boulevard and stuff like that, that there was a big push by some of the Amarillo founders to, to kind of limit some of the pornography that was available downtown. They, they tried to close down a lot of the strip clubs, crystal pistol, stuff like that. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and, and as a, as a society, you know, during that time, especially people had vices and, 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 you know, when some people aren't able to, to, to release some energy in, in, in specific ways, it can cause, I'm not trying to get psychological or anything like that, but it can cause it can cause people to lash out um, violently, or it can it cause people to 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 kind of be to be drastic in their reason. I, I can't. I'm not. I'm trying. I'm trying to justify this. I guess I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's just. But yeah, just the the, the time times were different. People were different. There was a lot of fear in Amarillo, and even listening to and and, and reading some of the transcripts from the court. I mean, it was it, a lot of the push was that this was some kind of evil possession type thing inside Johnny Frank Garrett that was causing this. Like it was a, it was a fight of good and evil as opposed to just a wickedness. And And with the, with that mentality of the public at that time, it was more of a a lynch mob mentality. They needed, they wanted to find a conviction and arrest somebody and and prosecute them to the fullest extent at that time. And Johnny Frank Garrett fit the perfect victim to choose. He lived right across the street Mm -hmm. from the convent. He was seen that night um, outside of his home and he his has, fingerprints were all over the place. He, he himself was, had a history of right. sexual abuse um, against him when he was a kid. And he had a he had a criminal record. He had a as criminal well. record a little bit. I, I don't know if it was a history of violence, but he did have a criminal record. Burglaries, burglaries, and stuff like, like that. that. And 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 a lot of times, I, and I, you know, we're not we're not alive then, so we can't really comment on the the motives behind some of these people. But a lot of time, people see, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it must be a duck, without thinking. Well, that just doesn't make sense. You need to actually the- do more investigating that. And there wasn't a lot of investigating that went on. You know, the 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 defense, his family wasn't wasn't allowed or there was no real investigating whether or not he was innocent. It was just kind of going along going right. along for the ride, poor guy. And the jury weren't privy to a lot of facts. Yeah. A lot of facts that were critical to the outcome whether or not he was guilty. Or not guilty. He, they did not know that he was sexually abused. Yeah, they didn't know that there were two other men arrested prior. That's to a big Frank thing. Garrett. Yeah, they didn't know that there was um, specific evidence found that contradicted that it could be Johnny Frank Garrett. Right, there were hair fibers and everything that did not match his that were found on on the nun's face, like on the nun's body, and that wasn't divulged. There was a lot of corrupt things happening in Emerald at that time. Here's my question. Yeah. I'm reading some of the. Some I, of the I stuff. see you over there on Justia. Yeah. And it says Garrett was seen running from the direction of the convent on the night of the murder. Who's seen him? Who? Right. 
how, and how, they didn't bring in the key witnesses from that. How can you exactly? But how instance. can you justify that? Like, oh, I saw him running. It's nighttime. And they also they also saw a dark they, yeah, Puerto they Rican. Saw, they saw a dark skinned man. Man, but that's what I'm saying. It's Halloween. Running it's Halloween. Night it's night, right? I mean, I mean, who knows what time? What what time did it happen? Like it happened around midnight. Yeah, it was it was late. So you know, back in the it's just the yeah. backdrop for this story is so like gut wrenching and like spooky because it happened on Halloween, yeah. and a nun really gets murdered. Are you are you kidding me? When I heard this story wow. as a kid, I was like, this it's, can't be true. There's no way. Well, it said that he testified that he went to his mother's house about 1020 uh, that night. Mm-hmm. I mean. that You can go to your mother's house. That's not against the law. I know. but Exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you're looking at this. And I don't know. You just see too many. Too many red flags popping up. Yeah. Here and, there. and, of course, you know, obviously we weren't there 40 years ago. And I'm not saying that, you know, we can't be critical of the decisions that were made but it's it I, I honestly think that the people of amarillo either were just not told were straight up lied to and manipulated and deceived or it was just their fear of there's a boogeyman and those people you know the, the da and, they yeah, gave the him fear. a boogeyman's face and they latched onto it and said yeah it's him being, being a citizen part of the bible belt and back yeah. then it was yeah. more it was so much more intensified than it is now than yeah. it is now they needed to figure this out and they needed to figure it out quick. Well, and like you had said earlier, there had been the murder um, in 1979 from J. Kelly Pinkerton. Um, and he was, um, he was executed in May of 1986 for rape and murder of two women. Um, and that was, you know, that was, that was an Amarillo as well, um, where he murdered and mutilated um, a woman in her home. And then it was, I think um, like, it's like six months later, or something like that. There was another murder that had happened after that that, that was linked back to Pinkerton. And I think he was a suspect during the time, too. There just wasn't anything that they could do in terms of... There wasn't enough evidence that tied him to it. Which, I'm sure that caused, you know, problems. So, you know, oh, well, we've had two murders in the past two years, and now we have another murder, and it's the same thing. And There was mass hysteria in mass Amarillo hyster- at yeah. that time. Yeah, there's no 24-hour news cycle where you get surprised by something else. That stuff had to linger for a most, while. Most especially people, in the Bible Belt. Right, most people would hear the news when they would come home five or six o'clock. And that's how they would Oh no, 10 o'clock back then it was only 10 o'clock news. And so that was okay. the, I mean, that was, that was what you did. That was what families did, especially I'm sure in Amarillo where, you know, it was, you, you get home, you eat, and then you watch, you watch the television, you watch the boob tube as a family. And that's, you know, whatever, whatever is pushed out, that's what's believed. It's exactly. crazy. And, you know, going and, and looking at the trial and things like that, there were people who were involved who were not very fair to Johnny Frank Garrett and his family. The media was very vicious and aggressive. There was even a story that, you know, a cameraman or actually a camera woman followed his mother into the bathroom God, to get a is, picture of her, you know? Yeah. While in, like while in the stall, like she had gone to the, correct me if I'm wrong. She had yeah. gone to the bathroom to pretty much, allow herself an opportunity to relax and to get away from the press. And this, for lack of a better word, evil person followed her in there to take a picture. And that's just, I mean, that's terrible. And you know, if anybody, if if that would happen now, thankfully they would hopefully be scolded, but yeah, not to embrace cancel. It's inappropriate behavior, inappropriate behavior. That's unnecessary, especially to a family that's already going through enough. And, not only to add to that, 
was it Erdman was the medical examiner at the time. Mm-hmm. And later on, he ends up being put in prison and getting in trouble. But at this time, he was new to Amarillo. He had been hired by, I think it was Danny Hill, and he lost key evidence. Mm-hmm. And he claims, oh, it just got, it got thrown away. Which now, that's called a mistrial. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have evidence and then you lose the evidence, you no longer have the evidence to present. But, uh, and that was another thing was his confession. He had a, they had a typed confession for Garrett or Johnny Frank Garrett, but he never signed it. He never signed it. But they touted that as his confession and his, his defense lawyer never said, yeah, but he, he didn't sign it. I think it was a five day trial and the, 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 the prosecution went for four days and rested. And then I think his defense team only went for one day and then he was, his, his sentence was carried out. But you know, in all this, there is a, there is a level of Amarillo weirdness that's attached to it, and that is the curse that Johnny Frank Garrett put on the people who convicted him. And so, do you? Do you I don't suppose, James, that you have that. You have his 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 that paper or his his letter or whatever that he wrote. I have the letters um, on my computer. They're it's very well written, to be honest with you, and it's all in cursive. It's twisted. It's it's incredible that he put so much thought into this right before you're going to, you know, meet your fate and be put to death for something you didn't do. He put a lot of thought into it and, and expressed his true feelings and got it out to the world in a way that probably, you know, brought some closure to him. But it scared the when I when I saw that and I read it, it scared the tar out of me. Right, and basically, like it really did. Basically, the end of the of the letter was just I'm gonna curse each and every one of you who is responsible of my death. Mm-hmm. Every death in your family is going to be me. Yeah. Every disaster oh. in your family is well, going to be me. Well, one of the things it says in your nightmares. No, Aaron, uh, read us read a snippet, Aaron. In your nightmares I will live. In your times of fear, big or small, I be. Every frustration in, in your, well, he put bitch, but he marked it out. <laughs> Lives will be me. Every death of your families will be me. I will be the one who meets your family's souls and they will pay for what you society have done to my family, friends and friends, families. I will be a fair you will experience upon your last breath. That scares the living shit out of me. (laughs) Like I need holy water. (laughs) (laughs) and there is some truth to all of that because people started to die yeah there was like 12 something like that i think it was 12 people that were um classified as victims of garrett's curse um including one of the jurors novella summer or sumner she fell down a flight of stairs and died a few days later after complications um yeah there were a couple of uh suicides that were attached yeah, the juror Nathan Shackelford's daughter died from accidental shotgun wound to the head. Her, his sister was run over by a, a car. Uh, Garrett's trial lawyer Bill Coleus died from pancreatic cancer. Garrett's first lawyer Bruce Sadler, um, he was he was also killed. The district attorney committed suicide. His daughter, years later after that, committed suicide. One of the um, the medical examiner was, like you had said, was convicted of numerous felonies for falsifying autopsy reports. Um, the NBC reporter, Kathy Jones, that had kind of that had 
misrepresented some things and kind of put a lot of pressure on the family had died in an airplane crash in Oklahoma while covering a story. And, and of course, you know, there's any time that you take a select something that happened and then you trace and you contact trace some of those people contact tracing is a thing to say now, you know, you contact trace some of those people and you kind of classify those deaths. Some of them could be bad, but it's just, it, it, there's something attached to it differently with this story because of the wrongdoing that occurred to him. Yeah, there well, was, the way I perceive it, at least. There were three people who came down with leukemia and died. And pancreatic cancer. It's just, it's weird. Yeah. If you believe in the paranormal or not, you've got to at least pay attention to this because there are, I mean, 12 to 15 people I'm trying to see here. I think there's... Where are you on the on the paranormal aspect of this, Aaron? Like, do you do you believe in curses? Do you think that... If I if you if you are cursed, if there's there's some validity to that curse. Oh gosh, <clears throat> I believe there's a lot of evil out in this world, you know, and that evil, like I said, man, you know, there's a lot of jealousy, but also a lot of hate, you know, and I think some of that hate, I mean, especially whenever you put it in words like this, I mean, it's. That's powerful. That's yeah. A really yeah. I I like how you said there's a lot of jealousy. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with that statement. Whether yeah. whether regardless of the side, I think the, I yeah. think that's where a lot of the hate comes from. It's just exactly. jealousy and envy. I mean, like I said, you know that least you know the hate and you know I'm not saying that maybe you know. I mean, I'm not saying like he was sitting there trying to do you know any kind of voodoo or any kind of thing like that, but. He just wanted justice but for himself that, you know, and his family. Yeah, exactly. Even that, I mean, that that evil went to those people, and it brought, and it followed them. You know, that's what he wanted. He, I mean, like they said, I don't. I mean, looking at this guy and looking at all those stuff. I mean, who knows? I mean, it, right? There's so many loop. I mean, it could so be many. all a coincidence, but then again, it's just too much to wrap your head around to think that it could be just that yeah i mean it some kind of supernatural justice i think way, i think it's possible kind of, or at least you know you know i mean a, a lot of people will will comment on you know there's negative energies and there's positive energies there's good and there's bad there's the, I mean, the yin and the yang karma and stuff like that I mean, like i said I, I mean when you know since i was a kid i always grew up you know talking about uh oh, uh, oh yo, yo, yeah mm-hmm. you know the bad you know the evil eye you know i truly believe in that you know, because the like evil it, eye. I, I'm, 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 I'm not as familiar with Oho as I am Oho's. Like, it, I mean, it can be. I mean, by evil eye, I mean it could be like you know, like I said, jealousy. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what or you're saying. Or at the same time, people can praise you too. You know, they could be like, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful and everything," but you know, sometimes they can turn into evil, like the idolaters yeah. and stuff like that, where they're so obsessed with yeah. you that they. You, know, you see a lot in like stalkers, like celebrity stalkers exactly. and stuff like that, where they love them so much that they feel they have to kill them to yeah. save them from themselves there's, there's type a, stuff, exactly. twisted stuff. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, like I said, that evil's out there. It really is. And that's why when you look at when I, you know, when I read this and everything, I'm like, he did, you know, he was calling up upon something to, you know, make sure that these people, saw, you know, suffered. That's a man that was wronged. A man that felt he was wronged. 
I mean, you never, you never, you don't, you don't want to mess with that. Exactly. I mean, I know, like I said, I mean, I mean, shit, that takes a lot. That I mean, to put to say something like that, you know, especially coming from me, that would take a lot, a lot of backstabbing, <laughs> a lot. I mean, I couldn't. It's too brute. I mean, even if I got, I mean, I've been backstabbed quite a bit, but I would never say, hey, you know, I wish death on you, your family. You know? Yeah. Grammy, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't say something like that. Like, well, I, I, I wouldn't mean, even. Yeah, I wouldn't even cast that. You know, just you wouldn't want to. I mean, yeah. not for, especially not for after you you know you're gonna leave this world. Like yeah. you're gonna yeah. go leave on bad terms. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was pretty bold of him to do that. Who knows where he is now? If he's in heaven or hell or where he is. You but. know, stepping away from this real quick, it makes it makes me wonder. This it makes me want to ask y'all this. So, in terms of holding on to the bad energy and stuff. Where do you stand now? Like to step away from this completely, where do you stand now in terms of like grudges? Like, do you still have grudges that, you know, shit that happened to you when you were a kid or when you were in middle school, like somebody, like Aaron said, like you got backstabbed and you're not necessarily cursing them or anything, but you're still holding grudges a little bit. No, I don't hold grudges in that, in that manner because it brings negative energy and, it's not healthy, man. So I, I don't, I try not to, I try to let things go and just learn from situations and try to treat people with respect and not make the same mistakes that I made in the past. I think that's all that we can do as people, but yeah, grudges, I don't think are, are a way to get anybody anywhere. It's just going to hold you back mentally, spiritually, and ultimately just become your demise in the end. Cause it's only when you have a grudge, you only think about, what happened to you or what was wronged in your life. You don't let it go. So you always have that anger and that, you know, unrest. It's just not healthy and it eats you alive as a person. You've got to let it go and forgive, forget it and move on because we can't go backwards. We can't go back and fix the things that we were, that we messed up in the past. We can't fix other people. It's just something you just got to learn from and just take with a grain of salt. My philosophy has always been the things I give a shit about and the things I don't give a shit about. Those are the two lists, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> All right. Either you, you, is you is or is you ain't. Yeah. Grudges, I don't give two shits about grudges at all. I mean, or anything like that. It's not worth it. It's not, I mean, no. it's like I said, I, I, I don't care. I don't really care. See, I was yeah. I was the opposite. I I had a long I had a hard time removing grudges from my life because I I I held a grudge, and I don't know if that was just my misplaced expectation in people and specific people that when when something went south I was like nah never again. But I don't, I, and I don't know if that's necessarily holding a grudge to have that to have that thought of no I'm not going to do this with you anymore because you're going to screw it all up or, yeah. or I don't and I don't know if that's necessarily holding a I don't a think grudge. it's a grudge I think it's just learning from a situation and implementing a solution in your own mind you know when you encounter that person you're not going to encounter them the same way when you when you have interactions with them in the in the future you know you're going to have some reservations about what you do or what you say around them it's just kind of a learn learning experience you know it's kind of one of those things that it goes back to that old saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me you know? <laughs> remember george bush he said you know yeah. fool you know fool me once shame on shame on you fool me twice you can't 
can't fool me anymore. <laughs> can't fool me anymore. <laughs> right. Man, it's something, you know, I, I wish I wish he was as it was as vocal today cuz he had so many gaffes. He had so many things. He was so much fun to listen to. Yeah, I believe man. that all Americans or all people are created equal and that's that's one part of my foreign policy. <laughs> like just great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Just, you know, every and everything that happened with him, man, he just took it and ran with it. You know, the composure that came along with him, and even the composure that came along with Obama. Some of the things that were said about him, man, Trump has no composure to it. He just whatever's on his mind, it is unfiltered. It you out. gotta respect that. You gotta respect it. You gotta Pretty respect brave. both sides. Yeah. Job, man, right? Very brave in today's today's world. But February eleventh, nineteen ninety-two, Garrett was executed. And on that day, I can't How? imagine what was How? going through his How? mind. I think he, I think he was, it was the lethal injection. Lethal injection. Thank you, thank you. Just want to make sure. How did you think that they did it? Well, like, you know, there's the there's, chair. There's still the chair. No, lethal injections. In that, I think they, the first one numbs the sight. I think the second one kind of puts you in a, a state, and then I think the third one kills, like stops your heart. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's. I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. All right, kids. And you know what? Now, with the how the federal laws are involving, um, especially in well, federal and state, but specifically in Texas, if you're if you have an IQ under seventy, you're not allowed to yeah. be executed. Or if you're oh, yeah. a teenager or adolescent minor at the time you committed the crimes, you're not allowed to be executed. You know, and there's some people. So he would people. still be alive today if those rules were in place back then and some people are frowned against that some people say well you know if a 17 year old or 16 year old they're they're fully capable of making right and wrong decisions and kill somebody but at the same time that's man the decisions that i made 16 and 17 if i had the ability to think back i, I never would have made the majority of them because 16 17 18 year old me was a You're just a different person i seriously yeah. completely different person you know i don't see anybody from like high school or, or like people that i grew up with and i can't I kind of think that's a good thing because I'm like, man, you know, the person that you you knew me as back then, like, I'm not, I'm not that person anymore. So exactly, and the time that he spent in prison, I'm sure he did a lot of soul searching and kind of fixed some things that were eating uh, him up inside, and kind of found some peace with himself. But man, I couldn't imagine having to pay for a crime well, that I committed. What? When what I was you a didn't teenager. commit? Right. What? What was his last words? Death is but a door. Time is but a window. I'll be back. Now, that was Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Sorry. He he pretty much told his family he loved them and thank you for everything that they've done and for everybody that was against him and put him in the situation. They can kiss his ever-loving ass. Yeah, that was his last words. He can kiss my ever-loving ass. Yeah, but, you know, those are strong words, too. You know? They are strong words. He He... Always professed his innocence all, all the way up until, and I'm sure after, death. Did you see what his last meal was? His last what? Last meal. What was uh, it? Ice cream. Ice cream. All right. So, again, pushing away from it just because you brought it up. What would your last meal be? No, I'm not. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> throw me out like a five-course meal or something. Just, you know. Well, you can get whatever you want. Yeah. If you want to go five-course meal, man, you, you walk me through your 
whatever your beef Wellington. What would you want, Pinion? You know the craziest, just black coffee. Oh, you're gonna go out like a rebel. I'm going out like a rebel. Just black coffee. Black coffee. Man, nah. You know, man, that's tough. That's tough to say. I, I mean, it's too much shit that I like. So, right. I mean, I wouldn't. Mine man. would. Ha- mine would. Ha- my wife hates fish. I, I rarely get fish, and so it would have to be something fish related. Yeah, really, yeah, like swordfish or something like that. Mm. Swordfish, yeah, swordfish. <laughs> swordfish is a good. Yeah. It's, it's a good, good steak. I've never had good swordfish. Swordfish steak is good. good. It's really good. I'm sure that meat's really tender. Oh man, it's like butter. Kind of like tuna. Pretty no. much. No. Well, I well, yeah, similar, but not. I mean, in the sense of it, it it's a cut, kind of the same way. I guess but it's when good. you get it, but I, you know, I've never had like like. Ahi or mahi mahi though I've never had. I've heard that's amazing. I've had tuna from a can. I don't think I've ever had mahi mahi or like chicken from the sea. Chicken from the sea. Fresh tuna. I don't know, man. That's tough, you know. Like, I mean, for me, it's probably a really good ribeye, like a famous ribeye and things like that. You know, some wagyu or is it wagyu boot wagyu beef? Kobe beef. Kobe beef. Kobe beef. Wagyu. Like that. I don't care. Just. Give me a good cut. <laughs> yeah. James? You know. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to have a steak, of course. Probably um, a New York stripper ribeye, macaroni, mashed potatoes, and a salad. Macaroni, macaroni and cheese? Yep. Mashed potatoes and salad. What are your sides? Damn. Fried okra. Oh, fried okra would be good. Mm. I, I tell you what I would honestly have, and I just right. had it. Whatever, whatever the hell Estella just made. Yeah, elote. Yes, elote. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was delicious. I've uh, never had it on the cob, and, and man, she made it great. You know, asparagus. I love asparagus. How do you do asparagus? Grill, just just grill. Bake, You know, olive oil. Olive oil, a little bit of mm. like garlic salt. Yeah, mm. man. I tried yeah. putting like parmesan on it once because I thought I, I watch enough Food Network. Yeah. I can spice this shit up. Exactly right. Nah, it didn't. Nah, work. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work, man. So stick to the so stick to the garlic. It, 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 it didn't stick to the garlic. Well, and like. I have the hardest time because, like, my wife likes it kind of crunchy still, and I have the hardest time trying to decide whether or not just looking at it if it's going to be crunchy or not. I can't take it out and take a bite because it'll burn me. Yeah. yeah well, that's why I don't cook much. My wife's the best cook. I bet. I bet. Look how big you are. I'm it's telling there. you, man. Yeah, <laughs> she, she keeps it. She keeps it going. Hey, it's good. Um, Man, but, yeah. James, yeah. anything else you want to talk about going back well, to? the, the well, ending, hold on. Hold the, on. You never went. You never decided. I was just swordfish. Oh, Probably sword. right, swordfish. Swordfish, you know what would be really Besides? good? Swordfish, I, I would probably like, um, I like green beans. And so I like green beans with some, you know, maybe like green bean casserole even. Oh, yeah. yeah throw back to, and then I would like, I like like a lobster bisque soup. I usually mm. don't get that because it's really salty. But I think, I think those three things, I think I'd be pretty fucking happy. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's my last meal. Swordfish, lobster bisque soup. And and my wife's cream bean casserole. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be happy with She'd that. She'd be happy with that. Oh, she yeah. wouldn't eat it, but Oh man. Well, you know, years and years after Johnny Frank Garrett was killed by the state of Texas, the two men who were originally arrested were later Oh, see, that's what we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Originally they brought in like ten, I think eight to ten individuals that fit the description of the male that was seen around the house. And he was described as a, as a black male. And I think that they brought in a large number of the Cuban refugees that had been come in during Carter's administration, that Catholic Family Services. from Miami. That was from Miami, yeah. yeah. And I think that they had originally, originally they had, they had landed them as suspects and then let them go because they, they decided to chase the, the Johnny Frank Garrett case or lead. And there's a gentleman 
who was in prison already who confessed to killing this is sister yep. Tadea Benz. And his, his last name was Rueda. And he fit the description of the individual who was running from the convent that night who left behind a V-neck white T-shirt with blood on it. Mm-hmm. And the Afro hairs that were found at the scene after the crime matched his. But he was also, why we see him in prison though? He was in prison for rape and murder. Yes. And he had been convicted of rape and murder in other countries as well, where he was from. Yeah. So the guy had nothing to lose, but he did take a deal. It was like uh, 45 years with a chance of parole. So he gets out. He has a chance for parole in like 2025, 2035, something like that, I think. He obviously was involved. He admitted he was involved, and he also said his friend was the one who convinced him to do it, which I'm sure he was probably involved in the other murder of the other elderly woman who was, you know, brutally mutilated a few blocks away. So Johnny Frank Garrett's mother wanted his name to be cleared altogether, which in the state of Texas, after a person has been executed, there's no way you can test the DNA of the evidence. So it's unfortunate. There's not going to be as the closure that that family deserves but at least there's a, some justice and a little bit of closure for the public that we do know who was involved in this horrific crime. And it sucks that the, the Amarillo Police Department got it wrong in the beginning yeah. and let these two individuals go who were clearly involved. Yeah. And again, you know, it's 40 years ago, so we can't comment on the motivations or anything. But it, it, it is hard when looking at the facts of the case now not to see that he was not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, reasonable doubt is, is that's 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 a thing that a lot of people I think they look to objectively, or they don't look objectively. They 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 kind of you know put their own opinions out there, and and it's not very subjective. It's very objective when 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 looking at reasonable doubt. And I think that's one thing that just it certainly in this case did not do an innocent man well. And one of the things that we forgot to mention earlier, the Amarillo Police Department had some interesting tactics back in the eighties, and I want to know from your dad's perspective, if he knows anything about this, they used a psychic to help (laughs) them figure out who the suspects were in these crimes or murders. And, and one individual they used, her name was bubbles, (laughs) which (laughs) can you imagine? I'm sorry. And again, I, I tried, I do my best to put myself in the context of the, of the time, but at no time does an adult who calls themselves Bubbles need to be taken seriously when looking at a murder investigation. And she did give some help to the police. She described a teenage boy who wore his hair in like an Afro-style wig during the attack. And he stood about 5'11", running from the scene. You know, And then she says that the killer lived on the same street as the convent. So a lot of the things she said came to be true. And she mentioned that... The suspect had a doghouse with Mr. Clyde painted on the side, which was the name of the dog. I don't know if that was all, you know, fed to her to kind of make her look like she was credible, but there's no telling. But I just thought it's really wacky and weird that they would reach out to someone like that to help them solve a crime. You know, and, 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 paranormal things like looking at that aspect, I do think that there, there may be some people that are a little more, 
supernaturally in touch. You know, I get that. Not, but not to the level of mediums being able to talk to the dead or people being able to have psychic visions, shit like that. That's <laughs> fake. That's fake. I, I, I do see, you know, you know, people can be more susceptible to like EMF fields and more sensitive to um, electromagnetic frequencies that they, you know, they feel certain things and um, around, you know, certain equipment, for example. But the idea that I, that blows my mind, the idea that a, a an actual law agency that takes in government-funded money would outsource mm-hmm. to a psychic. To someone to that caliber. It doesn't yeah. make sense. And then, and then, yeah, that's just, I don't know. But but at the same time, like you had said, you know, I, I think during the time, um, the people in Amarillo were looking for an end and someone to put the murders on. And they, they just, they, I, I think in that sense, and you know... Um, I don't agree with the majority of the things that I've heard um, other people say about him. I, I don't know much about Jeff Blackburn, really. I, I don't. I mean, I, I've seen, a, I've seen, I've seen stuff about him, but right. his comment of, you know, if would you would you let ninety nine guilty people go free to save the life of one innocent person? That was interesting when that, he, he yeah, brought that and up. And that's a really good point because one, you know, and, 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 and that depends on how you feel. And a lot of people would say, no, I would let the one person who's innocent suffer if we got the other 99 people that were guilty. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, that, is an, that is an interesting perspective. And it's, in my opinion, uh, for the Bible Belt area, it's very contrary to a Christian mindset and belief system that you would sacrifice one to save many. But I would agree with that. Yes. And he was the perfect victim for them to choose. He lived right across the street. He was a troubled teen. Mm-hmm. He had history of uh, criminal activity. It's very unfortunate for a young man like that. He never had a chance. He was never given a chance. He was easy to paint as the, as the mm. scapegoat. He easy. really was easy with the fingerprints and everything, but there was no other evidence that tied him other than they said that a knife found was similar to the knife that was at his home which well and there was a knows? there was a knife that had his fingerprints on it that they talked about mm-hmm. yet the knife didn't have any blood on it and was no. not shown to be the knife that was used in the murder and he admitted during the the trial that he had tried to break in a few days earlier to steal jewelry which so, that one state that one statement i'm sure in the mind of those jurors was that was it mm-hmm. that was it Especially conservative Amarillo at that time. You have a church on every literal corner. Oh, you still do. Amarillo has made an industry out of churches. And Not e- that that's a bad thing. I'm right. just saying. And even in that area of town at the time, you know, it was a more working class society and community. And there were, there were small churches everywhere. And now you drive on the northeast side of town or north side of town. Most of them are abandoned or run down. Yeah. Most of the church growth has happened in the west side, south side of Amarillo. I mean, we have a giant. We have Walmart we have a, churches. We have mega structures. That's the only way. Mega churches is the only way to really describe it. I remember what was it when we? Um, it was the only time I've ever been into the one over on the Loop. Um, was it Trinity? Trinity, yeah. When we went for the um, the beginning of the year thing uh, with the district, where the district went, and yeah. that was I, I walked in there and I was like, this is. This is a church. I mean, I'm from small town, you know, where there's 1,100, 1,200 people in the town, and and you know, churches were, they were they were filled, but they were very modest in in, in size and everything. Then to come on this that that spans acres, it's just insane. Yeah, I'm, and you gotta you gotta think back then that they were just out to 
reach swift justice at at any cost. It didn't matter who was who was in the way. They were just going to get someone in custody and push it on them as much as possible. And he was the perfect victim, unfortunately. And it sucks for his family. I couldn't imagine what they went through after he was no. executed and after that whole or during just yeah that the whole, whole time thing. after 1981. I'm sure it took a toll on his entire family. You and know, oh, go ahead. I'd I'd love to interview someone in his family. Yeah, if at all possible. That would that would be one thing that would have to be the hardest, in my opinion, is to have a child, to have a family member that's arrested for something that heinous, and then to have them testifying and to them constantly saying, "No, I didn't do it." That that internal struggle of now are they lying? Like, did they really do it? Like, and then the feeling of, Oh my God, I can't believe I even thought that for a second. Like, no, they, of course they would. And I'm doubting them. Like the internal struggles that went along with that would just, I mean, that's, that's insane. And it happens a lot. And that's the sad cases. There's a lot of cases that, you know, there's, there's, there's pressure being, um, the Ahmaud Arbery case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was two months and it had to get leaked to the nation before anything was done when that black man, when he was murdered, like that's all it was. They chased him down and murdered him, you know, and they were going to get away with it if it mm-hmm. weren't for the fact that it got leaked. And that's, it's ridiculous that, that as much as it happens, regardless of, of, of any ridiculous. cases, it's in, it's insane. This case should bring attention to our community, the world in general mm-hmm. about how corrupt our justice system can be. And, and it's not the justice system. The justice system, in my opinion, the way we have it works. The problem, the people, is the, are the exactly are the people, and there's zero accountability for the people that are put in these systems. And I would agree with that. And it's the same thing with our it's the same thing with our Congress right now. You know, a lot of people are there. Oh, everyone's aware of the protests. Everyone's aware of everything that's going on, and people are pointing at individuals like I'll, I'll use people on both sides of the aisle. People are pointing on the right or blaming people like AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the people on the left are blaming people like Trump. These guys have been around for four years. What about the people that have been there for 30 that haven't done a damn thing? Mm-hmm. Kel Seliger, who's been in there for who knows how long. It's all the buddy system, you know, they're it all is. friends. And it they, is. they help each other out and they cover things up. They sweep things under the rug and they don't put as much attention to detail as they should for these people who are suffering and who are innocent. It sucks because if, if Johnny Frank Garrett was not executed I think he could have been exonerated and set free. I agree. What do you think? I, I, I agree. I think if there was any, man, it just, it really just, and that's the thing. I, I try to think, again, I try to think in the context, and I can't help but think why. Why did, his, why did his defense team not do very well? What was the motivation behind it? There's no other way other than just corrupt intentions. Mm-hmm. There's really not. But yeah, I think, I think even the littlest bit of true investigation from the outside he would have easily been exonerated. Probably no doubt. And maybe they would have found the other guy who didn't go on to kill. The guy that actually did it, who doesn't go on to kill and rape again. Right. And with DNA, that would have been a huge factor in this case. Unfortunately, in 1981, I don't think DNA was even... I think it was introduced. It wasn't a mainstream or used in, in every major I don't think I don't think that Amarillo had the resources to really be able to compare the DNA cuz you can you can look at two DNA strands and they be cousins and they look similar enough. Mm-hmm. You know the the variation between the two, I don't think the technology was there to really be able definitively think, tell. Definitively, yeah. yeah. Again, and and not that it didn't matter. Not that there wasn't, you know, tested you know, statements from um the priest at the time. 
Um, I remember my wife is actually, uh, my wife's family is, is related to Bishop um, Matthias or Matthias or something like that. Um, sorry if I said that wrong. And that there was a lot, there were a lot of people in the church that dissented with, with Amarillo at the time, with the PD at the time. And so that this was not, this is not the man. It yeah. just wasn't. In 2004, actually, the DNA from Sister Today's case was run through a DNA testing program, and it came back as a match to who we said earlier, a Cuban immigrant, Luencio Perez Rueda, who we've mentioned before. He was the culprit here. He was the one that confessed in prison. He was already serving a lengthy prison sentence for similar crimes. It just sucks, man. It sucks for those people who are innocent and have to suffer that way. Well, it sucks for the people, you know, since we're on the topic, it sucks for the people that are put in prison now for small offenses mm-hmm. that are in there longer than people who were murdered. Somebody. Who were murdered. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, um, and I can't remember where I read this and I'm going to hit myself cause I wish I would have remembered it, but it talked about how in, in some rape cases, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's, it's easier to catch a plea. It's easier to, to offer a plea than to go through the trial with them. And so they're spending five years when they should be chemically or physically castrated and that's crazy dealt with, in my opinion, for people like that. But Aaron, what do you have to say about all this? Because you have been here the whole time. You didn't leave. (laughs) You stepped away for a minute. Stepped away for about 10 minutes. I had to talk to the boy. This is a new case for you to examine and and, and really dive into. But overall, what are your feelings on Johnny Frank Garrett being innocent or guilty? Man, it just goes both ways. I don't know, you know. Oh my God, my my gut feeling says innocent. You know, I mean, I mean, if I was on the witness stand, you know, I just there's just not enough evidence. There's not to tie I mean, specifically him to the crime. Yeah, and you were you, you weren't know? here when we talked about the necessity that is um, beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, if you yeah. convict somebody and you're going to decide that that person's going to be murdered and that's because that's what i mean it's not murder obviously but if that chris is going to be executed you better be damn sure beyond a reasonable doubt that that person did it exactly man that's the thing like i mean you're taking you're not only taking i mean i know that person's life is already chaos but you know your whole freaking family a generation generation you know it's a big thing you know so you gotta (laughs) Man, you gotta be definite. God, you gotta be there. Yeah. If 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 this, if this case was put into, uh, you know, our courts today, I think he walks away. He walks away free, and he walks away an innocent man. But you know, dating back to 1981, it just it was a different time, different way of thinking here in Amarillo. It was a much smaller community, much more tight knit than it is today. Things have just changed over the years, and unfortunately. You know, people get accused of these crimes all the time who are innocent. Oh, yeah, man. But we feel you. We feel you, Johnny. We, we know that you're not guilty based no, on all the it, research yeah. we've done. Yeah. It's just, I don't see it. And plus with the confession from Rueda, I mean, that guy's obviously guilty. He's, he's had a history of doing that before. He's an older man. <clears throat> and he confessed to it. Confessed. It's, you know, it's one thing to say, well, he's got a history of it, but that's not the point that James is making. The point James is making is... He confessed to it. 
I mean, he, he had no reason. Shaving 45 years off that, but, the guy's going to go down to prison at like 90 but, if he makes it that long. You know, here's the thing, too. You know, we were watching Unsolved Mysteries the other night. On what? Unsolved oh, Mysteries. Unsolved oh, Mysteries. I haven't watched it yet. Is it pretty legit? It's really pretty good. Maybe we need to We watched yeah. the first three, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah Did you like, watch The Floor is Lava? No. Don't. watch that one. I stopped after yeah. 20 minutes. Okay, but on one of the cases, you know, there was, I mean, there was really nobody pointing to. And then they go back to the prison, and there's a guy there that, like, all of a sudden he tells his whole story how he went to a salon and how he got this girl. Gave very explicit details. Details. He's like, I threw her over the river, all the, you threw her in the river. I was like, you know. And, he, and you let him go? You didn't. But like, then <laughs> it, they went and they searched, and I mean, nothing came up. But then you're like, well, where did he hear that from? How did he get that story? How did he get the information? Right. Because sometimes it does that. There's some, you know. They yeah, hear it yeah. and then they, they, they want it to be their own and they profess it. They speak it into existence and they want that fame. They want that notoriety for doing yeah. that crime. You know. It's, and some people it's are twisted. That's the thing. I, I mean, I hate this. I mean, I know I hate to compare it, but like Shawshank Redemption, whenever that guy gets fast, it's like, yeah, I've murdered this, this wife and the, you know, the. You know his, uh, you know mistress. You know that the, you know the so supposedly Andy Defray was the murderer, but it was this other guy. Mm-hmm. And then they go ahead and freaking shoot him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I mean, stuff happens like that, man. You know, it's like I don't know. Man. It happens too much. Yeah. It does. It happens too much for a system that should not be handled that way. But again, you know, it's it's people, and that's the real issue. To me, that's always been the issue. Is there just bad people? Doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you believe. There's just people that are flat out evil. There are politicians who want to be reelected, so they do whatever it takes to have a trial in town to get the media publicity exposed to them. And then the conviction later on, they're going to take credibility for it. They're going to take ownership of, oh, that was me. I had influence in that. That was my team. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was different between the Johnny Frank Garrett and the J Kelly Pinkerton case. In that J Kelly Pinkerton case, he was actually sent to, I think it was Corpus Christi. Right. That's where the trial for killing Sarah Lawrence was held. Um, you know, in the, in the media, you know, you know, he Pinkerton loved the attention that, that guy was just a straight up psychopath. I think, you know, no, I mean, if it's family's listening, I'm not trying to offend, but, he oh, he no loved and no some of reading the case files and reading the testimony of that case. I mean, it was it was dark and twisted. I mean, it was. I, I stopped reading it. We got to, it got to a certain point that I'm like, you know, this is just for a podcast. I don't want to get into all. This yeah, stuff. and that's one that I'm pretty familiar with because I do live in the neighborhood where it occurred forty some odd years ago, and the home that the horrific crimes happened. Well, one crime happened. Uh, that home. I've noticed has had several different occupants within the past couple years. This guy was a freak. He was a, a but, butcher apprentice. He was a teenager, and so was Johnny Frank Garrett. So at this time, you had two high-profile murderers in Amarillo who were teenagers from 1979 and 1981. Amarillo was in turmoil. It was in hysteria. People didn't know what to do. Women were going out and buying firearms like crazy. I've heard this from several of my friends' parents and my own about the, these days in Amarillo because it was just such a 
crazy thing because Am- sweet old Amarillo isn't supposed yeah. to have these type of murders happening. And within a two to three year span, you're having mutilations and, and young women being attacked and elderly women being attacked. So women were super on edge well, throughout and, this time. And not that it has anything to do with it because, I mean, I'm, I was in high school and I drank beer. I drank in high school. And so I'm not saying that that was a connector. But, you know, in the the drinking age in Texas in the 70s, and before I think it was like eighty one was still eighteen, you know, and so it was it was it was a different culture, it was a different society. Obviously, Texas in the seventies is completely different than where we are now, and I'm sure, I'm sure the divide that exists because obviously there's a, there's 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 a financial divide, there's a socioeconomic divide that is in Amarillo, Texas. I'm sure even then it was probably a little more predominant than it is now. Well, I could be wrong on and that. This, I don't know. That's this that's, area in Western Plateau was a new area in town. It, and the development was built in the, in the mid-1970s. And weird enough, Kelly Pinkerton was a resident in the community just a few blocks over from where the crimes actually occurred. You know, Sarah Don Lawrence was 30 years old, and she had a family. Yeah. She had a husband who worked at Asarco, and then she had three young children. Well, that night of the murder, he... He was known to burglarize. Yeah, he was a known burglar, and that's crazy to think that he's a seventeen-year-old and he's a known burglar. And right. And, anyway, and that night he just decided, "I'm going to choose this house." I don't know if he cased it or had plans to do this, but he went in through the window, grabbed a Bowie knife that was on display in the master bedroom, and he walked down the hallway. And I guess he encountered her in the living room, and that's where the actual crime took place. Now, there's a lot of graphic details to this story that we don't really want to go into. <laughs> Stel- into Sorry, Stella about. just walked in and I was trying to do um, an, an unfortunate visual of some of the some of the details of the case. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, and it, 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 it's very graphic. Yeah. It's very disgusting. Yes, correct. And the good thing about this night, the children were un- unharmed. Yeah. And they were like eight, five, and four. They were young oh, young man. children, man. They were, they were little babies. Because the husband came home and found, and found his wife. And I believe she was still alive, right? And, you know... Just like I mentioned that the Johnny Frank Garrett case was really spooky. So was this one. This happened October 26th. The Johnny Frank Garrett murder happened October 31st on Halloween. Well, this was a few days prior to Halloween when the husband came home. It was different years. Different years. Yes, different years. But when he came home that night, he thought it was a Halloween prank. Oh, He saw blood everywhere. And earlier that night, they went to a... um, festival at western plateau because she had young children and the the kiddos the kiddos attended that elementary school and they came home that night and he he arrived later after his children had already been put to bed and were asleep and he walks in and sees his wife laying there bloody and I don't know if you want to get into the details. I don't want to get into the details. If you want to hear the details, you can get into them yourself, but I don't want to share But that it. night, another f- stupid mistake on APD. He jumped the fence. He's running home. He goes home and takes a shower, and then he starts walking around the neighborhood. He has a shirt off for whatever reason. The cops see him. He looks suspicious. They chase him on foot. They finally capture him, put him into custody, and take him downtown. Well, they question him. They look at the footprints in the alley. They, they try to match it to his shoe. Didn't match. 
because of course he went home. He changed clothes. Yeah. He scrubbed all of the blood and everything off of his body before he went back outside and walked amongst the neighborhood. So the kid had obviously, he had a plan in place and he switched his shoes and they couldn't tie those footprints to the types of soul on his shoes. So they let him go, which is crazy that, you know, then two years later, they don't have evidence tying the person to it. And instead they decide, and maybe that, you know, in thinking of it, you know, back then, like you had said, they didn't have the ability to conclusively say that it was him. So they let him go. And then a few months later, he ends up killing again. Six months later, he kills, um, I think her name was Sarah Welch. Sarah Welch. And so it makes me wonder if, or Sherry, Sherry, Sherry Welch. Welch yeah. I think it makes me wonder, maybe that's, that was some of the motivation, but behind the Johnny Frank Garrett and making sure that he was convicted because they were like, well, this is him and we're not going to let another, uh, J Kelly Pinkerton happen because that guy was crazy. I Even, mean, he was a narcissistic sociopath that loved uh, the attention for the press. Just in the fashion of these murders and how they played out, you, you've got to guess that he cased these out and he planned them because he met Sherry Welch in the back room of a department store when she was leaving. So before she exited the building, he kind of barricaded her in and that's where the murder occurred. He stabbed her over 30 times and raped her in the same fashion of Sarah Don Lawrence. And then a few months later, they arrest him. So there was a period, a long period of time where this guy went free throughout Amarillo, did whatever he felt he needed to do, and wasn't accused. He was even let, you know, released from the Amarillo Police Department right after the Sarah Don Lawrence mur- murder, which was just crazy to me that that even happened. Why not detain him for even longer to see if you can build something on him, not just let him free? Yeah. You know, because he was uh, he was arrested in September. The the I don't know if you'd said this or not. The Sarah Welch or Sherry Welch murder happened on in April of 1980, and he was arrested in September. And they, for lack of a better word, paraded him all over the media. And with you know, which is I I've never been a fan of when there's murders and stuff like that giving any attention, any airtime, anything to the murderer. Like, screw them. They should get nothing. You know, he loved the attention as well, yeah, from what I read. He did. He, he was, was a sociopath. Yeah. He was a sick man. Piece of crap. Piece of crap. But he turned Amarillo on its head for years. And then you have the Johnny Frank Garrett case, and that just added to the tension that was already built from the murders of J. Kelly Pinkerton. And at that time, like I said, two two teenagers. Could you imagine that happening now? No. No. But, it, I mean, and, and I hate saying this not to just be negative, but I, it, it happens. It doesn't happen in Amarillo, Texas, but it, it does happen everywhere all over the, everywhere in the United States. There's, there's just sick people, man. There's sick and twisted people. Very sick. But you know who's not twisted? Kanye West. Oh, Sorry, God. I got to... I, I, yeah, this this gets me really excited, you know, because um, he. And the only reason I'm saying this is because they just released his interview, I guess, with um, Forbes in a tell-all where he addressed his political platform and reveals his thoughts on on lots of things. And man, I think I think it, it to me it makes everything interesting. Aaron, anything you want to add to these cases? I see you sitting over there on Justia. 
He's not a big true crime guy, but these cases are notorious mm. for Amarillo, and we had to talk on I got to tell you about a case. This is the case of the Blue Moon. I'm going to tell this story, and I've never told this story to many people, but I'm going to yeah. tell you. Back in 97, 96, 97, there was a case in Farwell, Texas of a young man who decided to moon the prisoners at the Palmer County Sheriff's Office. Allegedly, he mooned them. But he didn't. And no charges were ever pressed. I was that man. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got, I got pulled over. I say pulled over, but we were, my friend and, I, friend and I were walking and, and the, the, prisoner, I, I, the prisoner thought I mooned him. I didn't moon him. No, I love that blue moon. And blue moon. Hey, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> do you like blue moon? I do. Is that a sip? Is that a good? Is that a good beer for you? I I like it. I like it when I have the 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 orange. I do. It has to have an orange. <laughs> like a day like this, you know, nice and hot. Yeah. It's nice and cold. You just sip on it. It's a nice. It's refreshing. You were currently drinking Dos Equis, and I like it, but it's not. It's not my. I bought I bought a six pack of Killians the other day because I haven't had mm. it in a long time. You like Killians? I do. I like me some Reds. I like me Ambers. Um, and I think I I, I I saw the Blue Moon and I was like, man, I used to get this all the time, like you know, five six years ago before kids, and now that I have kids, I just don't drink as much. But I, I miss Blue Moon. I thought about I thought about saying let's just get Blue Moon, but it was too expensive. You know the thing about it is. You know, dark. I mean, I guess as we get older, you know, darker beers are hard to drink sometimes. And the next day, you kind of like feel like crap. Yeah. yeah. But I think it just depends on, you know, preference. You know, if you drink them all the time, you're fine. But if you're one of those guys like us, we drink, you know, Ultra or Cruise Light, you know, whatever. And I just drink when I come over here to podcast yeah. pretty much. Yeah, no joke, right? Oh, man. So, but did you like dark beers? Like, I've never really gotten into dark beers. I tried. I, mean, I can't do stouts or porters. I tried. I just, it's too. The dark is like, you know, Shiner. I like Shiner. The Shiner's great. The birthday special or the birthday one, whatever it is. I like, I like that one. I, oh, I never had it. You never had it? I, I think it was, uh, we had it in November when we went to like the family reunion thing. Oh, you know, for me, South. I mean, I get like, you know, I'll go Shiner Blonde or Shiner Light. You know, Shiner, you know, they're not, like I said, if, I haven't seen it, but, you know, the ruby, the ruby red, that one was a really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real good summer beer. I like that one. Texas has some great beers. It does. Not oh. to not to knock, like, Blue and Moon or something like that, but Rar, Rar, Texas. I don't know what episode, I don't know what episode it was, but we did talk about Texas beers. Go, I was gone that episode. I, go I, back and listen to it. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Like, I think I'm, it was it was one episode it was episode four or five. I had I had one of those early ones. I think. Yeah, Darren missed ours. It's my only one I missed. I don't know. I'm I just missed you guys. Yeah, no. I think you had a kid emergency or something. No, nah, it was my kid's birthday, and I just I I got my Wednesday. You know what it oh, was? Yeah, it was kid emergency. No, it was in <laughs> no, it was in it was in April, and it was so new into COVID that this was back when my days yeah. were like my Wednesdays and Thursdays. Like some of my days were getting yeah. so mixed because I felt like. You know, and that's one thing that I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I hate saying I'm ready, but I think conversations need to get started now, especially for people in our field of how, what coronavirus did to our teachers. Now, I'm not saying every single teacher. I'm not saying majority of teachers. I'm saying that there will be teachers that had negative effects from this. And I worry about when we go back to school, are there going to be things in place for these teachers to kind of help with some of the coping? Because there's going to be people that have a hard time, teachers that have a hard time going back to school, uh, or, or are fearful or something like that. And oh yeah, I mean, there's 
I mean, there's, I mean, I know, you know, we always think about the students, you know, those always come first, but I agree with you. I mean, we need to figure out, you know, hey, are you okay, you know? You know, because just looking at some of these teachers, you know, I know a lot of them are like, man, we're on vacation, but a lot of them were like, you know what? I don't know. Just- yeah. And especially, and I, I say this especially just because I, this is this is who I work with. I work with elementary teachers. You know, I work with middle school and high school, so I can't really say that. But every single elementary teacher that I know did not see, and I'm not saying the middle school, high school did, but they didn't see what the, the, the shutdown as a break. As an opportunity, yeah. the majority of them increased professional development. They worked on their trade. They did their best to to modify and and adjust their their teaching. And they still well, reached out to students, but my my concern is just are we? There's no there's no so there's no telling what's going to happen over the next few months. And I know AISD is going to do a good job of making sure that they're supporting teachers. I just want to well, make sure that the teachers know that. Well, here's the thing. You know, I hope people understand too. You know, and this is for the, just in general, all these people. No matter what, we're going to try to make the best decision that we can. Plain and simple. We're going to try. If you're mad about it, we're sorry. If you're happy about it, that's great. But on everybody, there's no, there's, it's a lose, it's a really a lose lose situation. No. Just understand that we're just trying to provide the best education for these kids because. Like I said, you know, being out this long, I mean, they're missing out on a lot of... Yeah. The, you know, and that's... I'm, I I don't want to get too involved in this topic, but that is a worry that I have. Um, you know, the, the, the Texas Education Commissioner, Mike Morath, has stated that, you know, schools are going to have to address... And he, it's, quote, I don't know if he said it, I don't know if it was his quote, the COVID slide. The drop in learning that was results of the COVID shutdown. Yeah. And this push to continue the star test for next year. I I see it I see it as a fiscal irresponsibility because all I mean all that money is if we can find a way to still continue the accountability without spending millions and millions of dollars in testing to a corporation <laughs> that's know, outside right? that would be one thing but to say that we have to continue this testing to provide for our students is contrary to what providing for our students are. We're in the middle of a global pandemic, something that's never happened before. Yeah. Whether or not you you get political or not, this is an election year. There's going to be high stresses at, at home, at school, and family units. A state mandated test is not something that is necessary to provide for our students and our teachers. Oh, yeah. and, and here's the thing, too, man. You know, just talking, you know, just talking to our admin and talking, you know, even talking to some of our uh, some of our social workers and all that in the ISD, there's a lot of kids in our district that are really suffering from yeah. depression and stress and like it is, I mean it's it's just it's more than just hey it's a virus we understand that but it's now it's turning into a it's I more mean, than a virus yeah. yeah the virus was the obviously the virus is, is prevalent and it's still killing you know hundreds of thousands there's over a hundred thousand people killed in the United States but I, I agree with you man there's there's more issues related to the virus that don't have anything to do with a person testing positive for the virus and everything to do with we have a generation now of kids that have lost half a year of learning and and that's that's tough on a five yeah. six seven eight nine ten eleven and 12, I, get, you know, I can you know i know jay jay's can testify a little bit about this you know when you get it i'm not saying like i'm a completely different person but like physically i get tired i get tired a lot mm-hmm. i get tired and then 
po- uh, coming from a person that has that was that tested positive, yeah. And you're saying in the aftermath of yeah. having it, I'm tired. It, I really am, and I think, and that's the thing. Like, if you know, I hate saying it, but you know, if one of our kids got it, I can understand. Like, they're like, I'm just tired. I could be like, yeah, I totally get it because. It's hard. It's hard to stay yeah. focused. And, or, 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 yeah, or if, if it's a kid and parents are, are essential yeah. workers and they were working through all this. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the the perspective that a nine, that I say nine because, you know, we're going the well, abstract thought area of it. But a six to 12 year old, the perspective of living now it has to be monumental. It has to be something that the schools prepare for. And, and that's what the school should do. The school should work as intermediaries and mediators to what's going on along with their parents, along with their their stakeholders in providing for the students, not worrying about accountability or providing for a test yeah. or, or any of that. That's just not what needs to happen. No, you get, right. People want to talk about reform. People want to talk about making changes. Public education is, 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 is a perfect example of something to look at to improve. Because oh, yeah. if, if we need to improve anything, yeah. you know, our police, I mean, we can public always... education... Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Oh, yeah. Always. Definitely. Well, we've touched on a variety of topics this evening. A whole lot. In bulk, our true crime. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of went on a tangent there at the end. we kind of jumped. Hey, you left. We got got talking. Uh, We all have to pee at some point, right? You left, too. But we got talking. I liked it. I didn't leave. (laughs) She she showed me her boobies, and I liked it. (laughs) But... Oh, Aaron Pena. Well, oh, is it Aaron Pena? It's it is its full name, Aaron today. Yeah, but no, but yeah, we 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 hope you enjoyed today's content. We look forward to bringing you more Amarillo true crime and really just Amarillo local stories. And so again, you know, if you if you know of an Amarillo business or if you know of a story in Amarillo that 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 needs a little bit more looking into or anything, you know, yeah, we've we've got some ideas for future episodes of notorious crimes that have happened here. But if you have any that maybe people haven't really heard of, shoot us an email, bombcity.lockerroomtalk at gmail.com, or hit us up on one of our social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, please. Yep. And don't forget to check out all of our other episodes on Spotify, and then, CastBox, Apple iTunes. Don't forget Rocket Brews. Rocket Brews! Go get yourself a good Providing nice delicious especially, drinks. Especially over these next... Hot ass days coming up. Yeah, it's gonna oh, be yeah. go get you about ten of them. Those are some of the greatest guys. We really, we really need to do another episode with them. They were we just will. fun. They were fun Jesse to hang out with. Jesse and Alex guys. are just yes, awesome, intelligent, hardworking guys. Absolutely, they're awesome. So, but on that, we will end. We appreciate you guys listening this long. You know, as always, have fun and take care of yourselves. I'm Jared Scott. I'm Mary Pena. I'm James Fairchild. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. Deuces.